Section 13 of A Brief History of Forestry. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lawrence Trask, Mount Vernon, Ohio, InterfaceAudio.com. A Brief History of Forestry by Bernard Fernau. Section 13 Russia and Finland. While Germany and France were forced into the adoption of forest policies through necessity after the natural woods had been largely destroyed or devastated, Russia started upon a conservative forest management, long before the day of absolute necessity seemed to have arrived. Indeed, even today Russia is one of the largest and increasingly growing exporter of forest products in the world its annual export having grown in the five years 1903 to 1908 from four to six million tons and from 35 to 62 million dollars a vast territory of untouched woods is still at her command representing roughly two-thirds of the forest area of europe the vast empire second only to the british empire in extent gradually acquired since the fifteenth century occupies in europe including finland somewhat over two million square miles with over one hundred and twenty million inhabitants and in asia somewhat over six point five million square miles with only thirty to forty million people until nineteen o six when as a result of a revolution a kind of representative government was secured the hereditary czar was ostensibly and by title an autocrat governing with the assistance of four great councils and twelve ministers but in reality the government was in the hands of a bureaucracy and court cabal to a large extent corrupt and hence the many good laws and institutions of which we read may not always be found executed in practice as intended the european section of the country is divided into ninety-eight governments or provinces each under a governor who is however largely dependent on the central power the large territory of siberia is divided into three governor-generalships much of it as well as of the other asiatic provinces is still unorganized undeveloped and unexplored or at least little known originally used mainly as a penal colony for criminal and political exiles since the completion of the great trans-siberian railway the country has been peopled by russian farmers both european russia and siberia are in the main vast plains the former sloping northwestward from the ural mountains in the east and from the caucasus in the south and the latter from the altai lion and yabloni mountains north to the arctic ocean both sections exhibit in the southern ranges the effect of continental climates prairie and plains country the steppe and in its northern ranges the effect of an arctic climate short hot summers and long severe winters tundra and swamps one forest conditions and ownership both the forest area and the ownership conditions vary very much throughout the country russian statistics are very unreliable and are based on estimates rather than enumerations and vary from year to year so little is known of conditions in asia where russia occupies a territory three times as large as its european possessions that we can dispose of them briefly 
there exists a vast forested area almost unknown as to its extent and contents or value this area is mainly located in siberia and although its extent is uncertain it is known to exceed seven hundred million acres but it is also known that its character is very variable and much of it is taiga or swamp forest much of it devastated and much of it in precarious condition fires having run and still running over large portions destroying it to such an extent that in several of the provinces within the forest belt the question of wood supplies is even now a troublesome one the natives are especially reckless and devastation difficult to control the railroad has only increased the evils here in siberia the first attempt at a management was made in eighteen ninety seven in the government forests which are estimated at over three hundred million acres in addition about four hundred million acres have been declared reserved forests not one-third however even of the government forests is well stocked and less than four million acres are under some form of management in european russia the forest area comprises about four hundred and sixty-five million acres or thirty-six per cent of the land area the population being now over one hundred and twenty million nearly one-half escaped from serfdom only since eighteen sixty one the forest area per capita is only about four acres somewhat less than in the united states half of what is claimed for sweden and norway although seven times as large as that of germany or france it will be seen therefore that russia although still an exporting country has reasons for a conservative policy even if only the needs of the domestic population are considered which alone probably consumes more than the annual increment of the whole forest area and the consumption is growing with the growth of civilization as appears from the increase of wood consuming industries which in eighteen seventy seven showed a product of eight million dollars in eighteen eighty seven of twelve and a half million in eighteen ninety seven of fifty million dollars this assertion that the era of overcutting has actually arrived may be made in spite of the stated fact that in the northern provinces only two-fifths of what is supposed to be a proper felling budget is cut and marketed and that other most uncertain estimates make the cut seventeen cubic feet per acre of productive forest area and the annual growth on still more uncertain basis thirty-one cubic feet the same reasons that operate in the united states contribute to wasteful practices namely uneven distribution of forest and population as in the united states the east and west are or were well wooded with a forestless agricultural region between so in russia the north and the south caucasus mountains are well wooded with a forestless region the steppe between this leads as with us to an uneconomical exploitation of the woods the inferior materials being wasted because not paying for their transportation in one section and dearth of timber and fuel wood in the other section the two most northern provinces of archangel and vologda in size to all germany are wooded to the extent of seventy five and eighty nine per cent respectively and the fourteen northern provinces together contain nearly one half the entire forest area here the forest covers sixty four per cent of the land area 
and nowhere below twenty percent and the acreage per capita ranges from three to over two hundred these largely unsettled provinces are the basis of the active wood export trade and as in the similarly conditioned areas of north america the territory is devastated by fires which sweep again and again over the large areas without check southern russia excepting the caucasus is largely prairie or steppe forest cover sinking below twenty per cent on the whole down to two per cent and less than one-half acre per capita altogether one-half the country and three-fourths of the population are with less than fourteen per cent of the forest area exposed to a dearth of timber the northern forest the most economic factor is composed largely of pure or mixed coniferous woods seventy four per cent principally norway spruce thirty four per cent and scotch pine twenty nine point five per cent with only slight admixtures of larch and fir and more frequently white birch open stand comparatively poor development and slow growth characteristic of northern climate reduce its productive capacity while frequent bogs and other natural waste places outside those produced by mismanagement reduce its productive area by not less than twenty per cent toward the south deciduous species are more frequent oak finally becoming the prevailing timber and farming forests with beech maple ash and elm as admixtures as the plains are approached pure deciduous forest indicates the change of climate the forest of the caucasus is principally of coniferous composition there are six classes of forest property the government domain the appanage or imperial family crown forests private forests peasant or communal forests institute or corporation forests and forests of mixed ownership in which government and private owners participate the larger part of the forest area of european russia is in control of the crown or state namely two hundred and seventy eight million acres or a little less than two-thirds of the whole and a similar amount in asia beside the so-called apanage forests of fourteen million acres set aside for the support of the court especially the northern forest is in government control in some governments archangel the entire area sixty seven per cent of the domain forest lies in the two governments of archangel and wologda in the less wooded districts state property is insignificant the area under government control in europe and asia is estimated in the official report for nineteen o eight at around nine hundred and fifty seven million acres this is however not the exclusive property of the state only about two hundred and sixty million acres are so claimed the larger balance includes one hundred and seventy million acres which are to be apportioned to the liberated peasants two hundred million acres in which the government is only part owner or the ownership is in dispute and the rest is only temporarily placed under the management or surveillance of the administration yet sixty per cent in europe and thirteen per cent in asia is exclusive state property in nineteen o seven the area in europe under working plans of the forest administration however was only forty eight million acres eighty six million having been examined for working plans 
of the state property in europe thirty four per cent is spruce forest thirty per cent pine and twenty six per cent mixed conifer forest altogether eighty eight per cent of coniferous timber the asiatic area is also over eighty per cent coniferous the appanage or crown forests the yield of which goes towards maintenance of the imperial family comprise about sixteen million acres or three point four per cent private forest property to the extent of over one hundred million acres twenty three per cent is most developed in the baltic provinces and along the vistula mining corporations and other institutes own about seven million acres the peasants who until eighteen sixty one were mere serfs and had no ownership of any kind being supplied with their necessities by the landed proprietors still largely supply themselves in the northern provinces by the exercise of rights of users from the public domain on designated areas in the central and southern provinces farm and forest land the latter to the extent of nearly forty million acres were given to them in communal ownership as stated above about one hundred and seventy million acres classed as government domain still awaits partition and cession to the peasants two development of forest policy the first record of attention to the woods as a special property dates from michael the founder and alexis the second of the house of romanoff the former becoming czar in 1613 the latter in 1645 he it was who began to introduce western civilization he confined himself however to regulating property rights which up to that time had remained somewhat undefined the forest as elsewhere being considered more or less public property he issued deeds of ownership or at least granted exclusive rights to the use of forests somewhat similar as was done in the ban forests soldiers alone were permitted to help themselves even in private forests to the wood they required protection against theft and fire was also provided the peasants being serfs were bound to the glebe and had of course no property rights being maintained by the bounty of the seigneurs alexis successor the far-seeing peter the great who in his travels in germany and other european countries had no doubt been imbued with ideas of conservatism inaugurated in the end of the seventeenth and the beginning of the eighteenth century a far-reaching restrictive policy which had two objects in view namely economic use of wood which he had learned to appreciate while playing carpenter in amsterdam and the preservation of ship timber which his desire to build up a navy dictated all forests for thirty-five miles alongside of rivers were declared in ban and placed under the supervision of the newly organized administration of crown forests in these ban forests the felling of timbers fit for shipbuilding was forbidden minute regulations as to the proper use of wood for the purposes for which it was most fit were prescribed and the use of the saw instead of the axe was ordered these rules were to prevail in all forests with a few exceptions and penalties were to be exacted for contraventions this good beginning experienced a short setback under catherine i peter's wife who influenced by her minister menshikov abolished the forest administration and the penalties and reduced the number and size of ban forests 
but the entire legislation was reenacted within three years after catherine's death seventeen twenty seven under anna ivanovna's reign and many new prescriptions for the proper use of wood were added and additional penalties enforced at this time under the influence of a german forest expert Fokel, the increase of forest area by sowing oak etc in the poorly wooded districts was also inaugurated and this planting was made obligatory not only on the administration of crown forests but also upon private owners who in case of default were to lose their land and have it reforested by the forest administration to Fokel's initiative it is also to be credited the celebrated larch forest on the gulf of finland these restrictions of private rights and the tutelage exercised by the forest administration were abolished in toto by catherine ii in seventeen eighty eight and although it was reported by the admiralty concerned in the supply of shipbuilding materials that as a consequence the cutting especially of oak timber was proceeding rapidly no new restrictive but rather an ameliorative policy was attempted such as for instance the offering of prizes for plantations in certain localities by the provincial governors upon the abolishment of the serfdom of the peasants under alexander ii in eighteen sixty three lands both farm and woodlands were allotted to them and in this partition in some parts as much as twenty five to fifty per cent of this forest property was handed over to them immediately a general slaughtering both by peasants and by private owners who had suffered by losing the services of the serfs was inaugurated leading to wholesale devastation servitudes or rights of user also prevailed in some districts and proved extremely destructive by eighteen sixty four complaints in regard to forest devastation had become so frequent that a movement for reform was begun by the czar which led to the promulgation of a law in eighteen sixty seven followed by a number of others during the next decade designed to remedy the evils this was done by restricting the acreage that might be felled by forbidding clearings and by giving premiums for good management and plantations finally in eighteen seventy five a special commission was charged with the elaboration of a general order which after years of hearing of testimony and deliberation was promulgated in eighteen eighty eight a comprehensive law for the conservation of forests private and otherwise which in many respects resembles the french in other respects the swedish conservation laws the devastation and its evil consequences on water flow and soil conditions had been especially felt in the southern districts adjoining the steppe and these experiences were the immediate cause for enactment of the law which however was framed to apply conditionally to the entire european russia the law makes an interesting distinction between protective protected and non-protective or unprotected forests as well as between different ownership classes and it makes distinction of four regions as to the extent of its application in the far northern governments densely forested sixty per cent and thinly populated only the protective forests are under the operations of the law in the caucasus also none of the restrictions of private property except in protective and communal peasant forests are to apply perhaps because the forest area averaging not over seventeen per cent is there largely owned by members of the imperial house and by nobles 
in certain districts adjoining the northern zone with thirty seven per cent forest also only the last two classes of forest namely protective and communal properties with institute forests added are subject to the provisions of the law the rest a territory of over one million square miles with only twelve per cent in forest is subject to all the provisions of the law which is remarkably democratic in treating state imperial and private forests alike this law declares as protective forests to be managed under special plans prescribed by the crown forest department those forest areas which protect shifting sands and dunes the shores of rivers canals and other waters and those on the slopes of mountains where they serve to prevent erosion landslides and avalanches conversion to these protective forests to farm use is forbidden and the use of a clearing system in forest management as well as pasturage and other uses supposed to be detrimental may be interdicted and the method of management may be prescribed an instruction regarding the execution of the law promulgated in eighteen eighty nine prohibited clear-cutting in conifer forests permitting only selection forest and in especially endangered localities only the use of the dry wood and such trees as interfere with natural reproduction protected forests are those which are located at the headwaters and upper reaches of streams and their affluents here the rules as regards clearing mismanagement reforestation and pasture applicable to the non-protective forests prevail except that clearing may be prohibited or permitted if the committee deems it not dangerous owing to the small size of the clearing in forests which are not protective forests conversion into farms or clearing with the sanction of the committee is permitted if thereby the estate is improved for example if the soil is fit for orchards and vineyards such clearing may also be allowed if the soil is fit for temporary field use but in that case the area must be eventually reforested clearing is also permitted if another formerly farmed parcel of the same size has been reforested at least three years prior to the proposed clearing or if in artificial plantations the growth is not yet twenty years old also in a few special cases where property boundaries are to be rounded off roads to be located etc if after six months from the time of the application the committee has not forbidden the clearing it is considered as permitted it is also forbidden to make fellings which prevent natural regeneration and the running of cattle in young growth is prohibited private owners are not required but are permitted to submit working plans and if these are accepted they are exempted from any other restrictions such plans may be considered as accepted if the committee does not express itself within one year all clearings made in contravention to the committee's decision must be replanted within a prescribed time or may be forcibly reforested by the committee the most interesting feature because thoroughly democratic is the creation of the local forest protection committees which are formed in each province and district and composed of various representatives of the local administration one or two foresters included the justice of the peace or other justice the county council and two elected forest owners in all nine to eleven members under the presidency of the governor the committee is vested with large powers it decides without appeal what areas are included in protective forests and approves of the working plans for these 
as well as for the unreserved forests it determines what clearings may be made and exercises wide police powers with reference to all forest matters working in cooperation with the forest administration which latter has the duty of making working plans free of charge for the reserved forest and at the expense of the owner for the private unreserved forests owners of the latter are however at liberty to prepare their own plans subject to approval appeal from decisions of the forest committees lies through the committee of the minister of crown lands and minister of the interior in case the owner refuses to incur the extra expense arising from measures imposed upon him the domain ministry may expropriate him but the owner may recover within ten years by paying costs with six per cent interest in addition to the sale price in addition to the above cited and other restrictive measures some ameliorative provisions are also found all protected forests are free from taxes forever those artificially planted also for thirty years some of the best forest officials are detailed to give advice gratuitously to forest owners forest reviser instructors and prizes are given for the best results of silvicultural operations at the recommendation of the forest committees medals or money rewards or other distinctions are given to forest guards and forest managers of private as well as public forests plant material is distributed free or at cost price and working plans for protective forests are made free of charge the imperial loan bank advances long-term loans on forests based upon detailed working plans made by the state which ensure a conservative management in 1900 over seven million acres were in this way mortgaged under such management the minutest details are elaborated in the instructions for the execution of this most comprehensive law how far this law is really executed and what its results so far have been it would be difficult to ascertain it is however believed that it has worked satisfactorily by 1900 1 1.5 million acres had been declared protection forests nearly 2 million protected or river forests and nearly 100 million private and communal forests had been placed under the regime in 1907 the total area under the regime had grown to over 136 million acres of private forests 18 million acres in 6015 forests were being managed according to working plans made or approved by the forest committees in these plans usually the strip system or seed tree system with natural regeneration under 60-year rotation for conifers and at least 30-year rotation for broadleaf forest is provided in 1903 the application of the law was extended to the caucasus the transcaucasian and other southern provinces but in the absence of suitable personnel and in a half-civilized country no result for the immediate future may be anticipated the surveillance of the execution of this law lies with the assistance of the forest committees in the hands of the state forest administration this latter centralized in the department of agriculture consists of a director general with two vice directors and so-called bureau of forests with seven division chiefs a number of vice inspectors and assistants the local administration in the governments is represented by the direction of crown lands with a superintendent or supervisor and several inspectors 
the crown forests divided into some one thousand two hundred and sixty administrative units are under the administration of superintendents with foresters and guards of several degrees the whole service comprised in nineteen o eight about three thousand seven hundred and ninety higher officials some eight hundred and fifty of whom in the central office at st petersburg and over thirty thousand lower officials some twenty thousand of whom are educated under foresters large as this force appears to be it is small in comparison with the acreage and inadequate although the net income from the three hundred million acres of state forest which are actually worked is now close to thirty million dollars the expenditures being near six million the pay of the officials is such as to almost force them to find means of subsistence at the cost of their charges perhaps nowhere else is there so much machinery and so much regulation with so little execution in practice nevertheless progress is being made in gradually improving matters and the forest property or at least the cut has become more and more valuable while in the middle of the last century the income from the domain forest was only five hundred thousand dollars by eighteen ninety two it had grown to ten million dollars by nineteen o one to twenty three million dollars and in nineteen o eight to nearly thirty million dollars besides several million dollars worth of free wood in nineteen o eight the department spent over half a million dollars on planting and assisting natural regeneration timber is sold as a rule to contractors by the tree or acre and a diameter limit is almost the only restriction in eighteen ninety seven however an arrangement was made by which the lumberman was obliged to reforest or at least pay a certain tax into a planting fund and a part payment of two dollars to four dollars per acre as guarantee must be made before cutting this order however has remained mostly a dead letter the buyer preferring to allow his guarantee to lapse in nineteen o six there stood three million dollars to the credit of this planting fund and only half of it had been applied meanwhile the unplanted area increases since natural generation generally proves a failure meanwhile the unplanted area increases since natural regeneration generally proves a failure three education and literature the attempts at forestry education date back to the year seventeen thirty two when a number of foresters were imported from germany to take charge of the forest management as well as of the education of foresters each forstmeister having six pupils assigned to him this method failing to produce results the interest in ship timber suggested a course in forestry at the naval academy which was instituted in eighteen hundred soon the need of a larger number of educated foresters led to the establishment of several separate forest schools one at zarskoi siloy near st petersburg in eighteen o three another at kozlovsk in eighteen o five and a third at st petersburg in eighteen o eight this latter under the name of the forest institute absorbed the other two and from eighteen thirteen has continued to exist through many vicissitudes now with fifteen professors and instructors and an expenditure of nearly two hundred and fifty thousand dollars and over five hundred students it is the largest forest school in the world it prepares in a four years course for the higher positions in the forest service the history of this forest institute is practically the history of forestry in russia a second school at novo alexandria near warsaw 
was instituted in 1860. In these schools, as in the methods of management, German influence is everywhere visible. In addition to these schools, chairs of forestry were instituted in the Petrovsk School of Rural Economy in Moscow, and in the Riga Polytechnic Institute, and also in seven intermediate schools of rural economy. In 1888, ten secondary schools were established after Austrian pattern for the lower or middle service, rangers, and under-foresters. Their number, by 1900, having been increased to 30, in 1908 to 33, with 460 students. These are boarding schools in the woods, where a certain number of the students are taught free of charge, the maximum number of those admitted being 10 to 20 at each school. The course is of two years' duration, and is mainly directed to practical work and theoretical study in silviculture. The total expense of such a school is about $3,300, of which the state contributes $2,500, the total expenditure in 1908 being $84,134. A number of experiment stations were established in various parts of the country by the administration of Crown Lands, and a very considerable and advanced literature testifies to the good education and activity of the higher forest service. Two forestry journals, Lesnage Journal, since 1870, and Les Vestnik, the first bimonthly, the latter weekly, besides several lesser ones, keep the profession informed. There are in existence several general societies for the encouragement of silviculture, Probably the oldest, which ceased to exist in 1850, was the Imperial Russian Society for the Advancement of Forestry, which was founded in 1832. It published a magazine and provided translations of foreign books, among which the forest mathematics of the noted German forester Koenig, who also prepared yield tables for the society. A society of professional foresters was founded at St. Petersburg in 1871. Another exists in Moscow, and recently two associations for the development of forest planting in the steppe have been formed. Among the prominent writers and practitioners, there should especially be mentioned Theodore Karlowish Arnold, who is recognized as the father of Russian forestry. He was the soul of the forest organization work, for which he drew up the instructions in 1845, and as professor, afterwards director of the Institute for Agronomy and Forestry at Moscow since 1857, he became the teacher of most of the present practitioners. Finally, he became the head of the forest department in the Ministry of Apanages, where he remained until his death in 1902. He is the author of several classical works on silviculture, forest mensuration, forest management, etc., and in conjunction with Dr. W. A. Titsinoff, published an encyclopedic work in three volumes. In the first volume, Russland's Wald, 1890, which has been translated into German, the author makes an extended plea for improved forestry practice and describes and argues at length the provisions of the law of 1888. In 1895, he published a history of forestry in Germany, France, and Russia. Of other prominent foresters who have advanced forestry in Russia, we may cite Count Vargasay de Bedemar, who made the first attempt to prepare Russian growth and yield tables in 1840 to 1850.
Professor A. F. Rudsky, who was active at the Forest Institute until a few years ago, developed in his volumes especially the mathematical branches and methods of forest organization. The names of Tursky, Kravchinsky, and Kaigadorov are known to Russian students of dendrology and silviculture, and among the younger generations the names of Morozov, Nesterov, Orlov, and Tolsky may be mentioned. It is well known how prominent Russian investigators have become in the natural sciences, and to foresters the work of the soil physicists Ototsky and Dukachev would at least be familiar. 4. Forestry Practice While then a very considerable activity in scientific direction exists, the practical application of forestry principles is less developed than one would expect, especially in view of the stringent laws. So far, not much more than conservative lumbering is the rule. Generally speaking, the state and crown forests are better managed than the private, many of which are being merely exploited, and in the northern departments large areas remain still inaccessible. Some notable exceptions to the general mismanagement of private forests are furnished by some of those owned by the nobility, like those of Count Uroff, with 150,000 acres under model management by a German forester, and Count Stroganoff with over 1 million acres under first-class organization, with a staff of over 230 persons. A regular forest organization was first attempted in the forests attached to iron furnace properties in 1840. By this time, some 100 million acres have come under regulated management, half of the area being government forests. The method of regulation employed is that of area division and sometimes area allotment, according to CODA. In some regions, a division by rides into compartments, ranging from 60 to 4,000 acres each, according to intensity of exploitation, has been effected. It is estimated that at the present rate of progress it would take 300 years to complete the work of organization. The selection method is still largely employed, a felling budget by number of trees and volume being determined in the incompletely organized areas, while a clearing system with artificial reforestation is used in most cases where a complete yield calculation has been made. The rotations employed are from 60 to 100 years for timber forest, 30 to 60 years for coppice. In the pineries, the strip system in echelons is mostly in vogue, the strips being made 108 feet wide, leaving four seed trees per acre, and on the last strip, which is left standing for five years, the number is increased to eight, which are left as overholders. This method, according to some, seems to secure satisfactory reproduction. To get rid of undesirable species, especially aspen and birch, these are girdled. In spruce forest, 50 to 60 percent of the trees are left in the fellings, when, after three to four years, the natural regeneration requires often repair, which is done, if at all, by bunch planting. After eight to ten years, the balance of the old growth is removed. While for a long time natural regeneration was alone relied upon, now at least artificial assistance is more and more frequently practiced. Yet although over two million acres were under clearing system, not more than 5% of the revenue, or $100,000, was 
was in 1898 allowed for planting as against 7.5% in Prussia. The total budget of expenses then remaining below $3 million. But ten years later, over half a million dollars was employed by the government in planting, the planting fund contributed by the lumbermen furnishing the means. The Forest Administration of the Province of Poland, where the state owns over 1.5 million acres, was for some time independent, but about 1875 was reorganized and placed under the Central Bureau at St. Petersburg. Although the forests of Poland are the most lucrative to the government, and with good market and high prices for wood, which are now rapidly increasing, would allow intensive management, the stinginess of the administration, the low moral tone of the personnel, and long-established bad practice have retarded the introduction of better methods. The private forests of Poland comprise over 4.5 million acres and are mostly not much better treated than the state forest. In the absence of any restrictive policy, they have diminished by 25% in the last 20 years. Considerable efforts have been made towards reforesting the steppes in southern Russia, first as in our own prairies and plains by private endeavor, but lately with more and more direct assistance of the State Forest Administration. This planting was begun by German colonists at the end of the 18th century, but without encouraging results, although over 25,000 acres had been planted by the middle of the 19th century. Since 1843, the government has had two experimental forest reserves in the steppes of the governments of Ekaterinoslav and Turaid, on which some 10,000 acres have been planted, the originator of this work being von Graf, a German forester, whose plantations, made with 8,000 plants to the acre, are still the best. Later, the number of plants was reduced to one-half, and the results have not been satisfactory. Altogether, planting on large areas on soils unfit for the purpose and by wrong methods has produced poor results. At present, the policy is not to create large bodies of forest, but to plant small strips of 20 to 80 yards square in regular distribution, which are to serve as windbreaks, and the result has been satisfactory especially in the government of Samara. There are now annually 2,000 acres added to these plantations. The reclamation of shifting sands and sand dunes has also received considerable attention, and to some extent the reboisement of mountain slopes in the Crimea and Caucasus. Of the former, some 10 million acres are in existence in European Russia, and in the province of Warrenesh alone, each year 100,000 acres are added. For fifty years, sporadical work in their recovery was done. Not until 1891 and 1892, when two droughty famine years had led to an investigation of agricultural conditions, was a systematic attempt proposed, and this was begun in 1897. By 1902, some 80,000 acres had been fixed, and by 1904, 150,000 acres. In this work, the government contributes 36% of the cost, the benefited communities, the balance. In addition, 1,500 square miles of swamps in western Russia were reclaimed by extensive canals and recovered with meadow and forest at a cost of $300,000, of which the imperial treasury paid one-third, the owners one-half, the local government 
the balance while rational forest management as we have seen is far from being generally established the government tries at least to prevent waste and to pave the way from exploitation to regulated management end of section 13 recording by lawrence trask mount vernon ohio interfaceaudio.com